20 Minutes in the Text is recorded and produced by Andrew Nelson and Mason Veith at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran Church in St. Peter's, Missouri. Andrew and Mason are friends, theologians, and brothers in Christ who find great joy in sharing the gospel message. Join us for Christ's word, commentary, and conversation, 20 minutes at a time. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to 20 Minutes in the Text. My name is Andrew. And I am Mason. And uh, we are uh, glad to be with you today. Um, as we continue our conversations with 20 Minute in the Text, um, here we are at the beginning of the summer, uh, yes. 2020. Yeah. Um, June 6th through 8th is the uh, weekend, vast uh, approaching uh, yes. tomorrow for us. Yes, yeah. Um, and uh, this, this series of discussions uh, both audio and video, are going to serve as our weekly Bible study time here at Chapel of the Cross. Mm -hmm. But we certainly hope uh, that you share uh, this, if you enjoy it, with your friends and your families, uh, not just here at Chapel of the Cross, but uh, anywhere yeah. that they may be. And uh, the next few sessions, conversations that we have, episodes that we put together for you and with you, um, are going to be on the topic of seeing Christ in the scripture. And um, a couple words that we're going to throw out here, um, seeing Christ in the scripture is about a Christological or a Christ-centered understanding of the scriptures, our Holy Bible. Um, and then uh, at the end of, of our time today, as well as each week moving forward, uh, we're going to take a look at images in the Old Testament and discuss uh, what we call typology how um, images and people in the Old Testament are uh, given a fuller and complete understanding in Christ and how we as the church uh, mirror and reflect that, uh, mm -hmm. that understanding that Christ gives us forward. And so um, we'd like to start with a question uh, for you to ponder and for us to, to ponder a little bit today. Um, and that question is simply this, what is the Bible about? Mm. Um, Probably a simple question um, with a lot of simple answers yes. that uh, maybe are all true in their own way. Yeah, yeah. We we talked about in the last iteration of uh, of the series that we did earlier in the year. Um, you know, there was a lot of questions that we asked. That we said, "Well, th there could be a lot of answers that could seem like conflicting answers that are could also be the correct answers, right?" Yeah. So, um, you know, you could say um, it's about the history of the nation of Israel as a nation. You could say it's about the reign of King David. You could say it's about the poetry of the Psalms, right? Mm -hmm. These are all, yeah, that's that's correct. Absolutely. But if you look at the scriptures as a whole, um, there is a theme that is a who, not a what, yes. that is the unifying theme of scripture. So in this case, spoiler alert, it's Jesus, it's right? It's Jesus, yeah. And Jesus is showing himself from the, in the beginning text, all the way to the Amen New Creation text, right? And so how does Christ show himself throughout the scriptures for us? Right. And uh, this is nothing new. No, it's this not. This is nothing, uh, as nope. much as I wish that we were yes, able I wish, to. This yes. is not something that you and I are making up. No. Um, this is not something, while I believe that as LCMS Lutherans, we, we pride ourselves uh, on understanding and reading the scripture in this way. But mm -hmm. this isn't even something that's unique to LCMS Lutheran doctrine. 
No, it's uh, not. No, but no. rather something that comes from the scriptures themselves. Right. That uh, from the very beginning, uh, Christ Himself, uh, our our Old Testament and New Testament writers affirm that the mm-hmm. scriptures, these things that are written, are about Christ. Yeah. And exactly. uh, in order to begin, by way of beginning today, uh, we're going to take a look at a number of these references. Three quick references from the scriptures themselves. Yes. That uh, reveal to us that the scriptures are, in fact, all about Christ. Um, Mason, you want to read our first one? Yeah, so it's the, the good thing, the, the interesting thing about the, th- the three citations that we've picked is that you have one that is a pre-resurrection, so in the, in the ministry of Jesus, a post-resurrection, and then um, post-ascension. Okay, yes. So the first one is in the ministry of Jesus, pre-death uh, and resurrection. And it's from the Gospel of John, the fifth chapter, the 39th verse. Jesus says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. It is they that bear witness about me. Um, Here he's speaking specifically the scriptures they have as the Old Testament scriptures, the law and the prophets, right? The Torah, Um, all of these things, they point to me, which is a really scandalous thing to say, first off. Um, but it's true, and, and Jesus Jesus sort of lays that groundwork. Yeah, I think that makes the point that, going back to our first question about what is the Bible about, here it is. Here's Jesus saying, you think that in them you have eternal life. Yes, <laughs> in them you do. But Because of the fact that. Because they are about They're me. about me, yeah. yeah. And uh, we have eternal life in <laughs> Jesus. I am the word become yeah. flesh, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, as Mason said, after resurrection, Luke gives us this account of Jesus with two of his disciples on the road from Jerusalem to the town of Emmaus on the afternoon of the resurrection. And as these two disciples are are returning home from the feast, the great Passover feast, they're lamenting uh, the man Jesus that they thought was their Messiah, their their savior, was murdered and executed at the hands of the Romans. And Jesus, he says to these two disciples, he says, Oh, foolish ones, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Yeah. And so here's Christ walking them through all the scriptures saying, you know, this, it's about me. You know, this, it's about me. This, it's about me. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, they didn't understand it. He didn't say those exact words. Right. Um, it wasn't until he broke bread with them that they realized that who he was. Right. And he was gone. But yeah. Right. But um, here we have Jesus again saying, all of these scriptures, they're, they're concerning me. They're about yeah. me. Yeah. And then, and then post-resurrection, post um, Pentecost, right? We have St. Philip that's traveling and, uh, and there's the Ethiopian eunuch and uh, the eunuch has the scroll of Isaiah, right? Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Philip is, is sort of uh, brought by the spirit over to him and uh, there's the interaction between the two. So the, the eunuch says to Philip, about whom I ask you, does the prophet say this about himself or about someone else? And Philip opened his mouth and beginning with this scripture, he told them him the good news about Jesus, right? So even the prophet Isaiah, what he is speaking of 
is about Jesus. It's all pointing to Jesus. And it's all connected, right? We, we have yes. this Old Testament, of course, and this New Testament. Mm-hmm. But it's not these old things and these uh, new things, yeah, yeah. right? But rather, um, we have Christ who holds all time before him and all time after him together yes. in himself. Right. In the Old Testament, as we read it, as uh, Jesus did, as these disciples on the road to Emmaus did, as Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch did, they see, they found, they heard Christ in all the scriptures. Mm. Um, and um, this is where I'd like to introduce to you, if, if you've never heard of this bow tie diagram, this is going to be something that we're going to allude to uh, in all of our conversations. Oh, yeah. How... Yeah. Um, the scriptures are connected from a beginning with creation where, where God creates all things and it's good. It's very good. Um, all the way up until Christ returns and recreates the new heavens and the new earth where it will be good for all of eternity. We have this, this new creation, all of the scriptures being narrowed down. If you imagine uh, and see the shape of a bow tie. Right? It narrows itself down into the hub, into the center, the knot of the bow tie, which is Christ yeah. himself, and then expands back out until the new creation. Mm. And uh, this bow tie diagram, something that I came across uh, a professor of mine, Michael Mittendorf. He is currently at Concordia University in Irvine, mm-hmm. um, and he credits uh, kind of his uh, the establishment of this, this model to Dr. Paul Robbie, mm-hmm. who uh, I believe is where these days? So he is a former professor at Concordia Seminary. He's now teaching uh, at Grand Canyon University. And so kind of on the backs of these men, um, yeah. we'll share with you this idea of the Christological, there's that word we mentioned at the onset, Yeah. Uh, the Christological understanding of the scriptures, um, that Logical, logic, mm-hmm. understanding, Christo, Christ, um, how we are viewing the scriptures. We are understanding the scriptures right here through Christ. Yes. Yes. And so uh, this bow tie model is helpful to understand and visualize that uh, Christ is at the center of scriptures and Christ is the way that we understand all of our scriptures. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so Christ is the knot that holds everything together. Without the knot, bow tie would fall apart. Yeah, there's this great, there's this great quote that's been around the LCMS for a long time. It's by, um, it was, I think it was first written by a, a professor at Fort Wayne Seminary, um, uh, David Scare. He said, all theology is Christology. All the exploration and study of God finds its fulfillment in the word become flesh Jesus Christ. So, um, so when we, we talk about Christologic, it's not saying that um, we can understand Christ fully through our human logic. That's that's obviously not true because we right. can't explain how he rose from the dead. We can't explain the Trinity and fully understand the Trinity through our logic. But um, it, it's essentially just pointing to the, how do we understand the scriptures through Christ. And, and that's where this bow tie model really helps us to understand that. Yeah. And one way that we do that is through typology. 
Right. So another big bird. Yeah. Big bird. Word. There we go. <laughs> another big bird. Another big Sesame bird. Sesame Street. Yeah, that's right. right. Um, but we've got this, this word typology. Um, and you may hear that uh, and see the word type. Yeah. And think, oh, uh, it's, it's regarding fonts. <laughs> you know, is this is this sans serif or is this serif? I I, I prefer Garamond. Right. You know. Yeah. Right. Of course. We can go round and round about that. <laughs> yeah. But that's fine. Um, but typology is something that maybe maybe we're doing all the time and we don't even know it. I I would say we are. In our yes. life. Yes. And so uh, I like to think of the word typical. Right. If you think of uh, a type or a typical athlete, a typical politician. A typical pastor. A typical church. A, a typical, typical house, yeah. right? It's it's this this person, this place, this this idea that we have a pre-established framework for. Yeah. We understand this is what it looks like. This is what it, it feels like. An this image in our does. mind. Yeah. Yeah. And then at some point we come across a a specific and a real a fleshy fulfillment of that. Yeah. Right. You meet someone and what's the phrase? Oh, they're what a typical politician. Yeah. Here is a person who has fulfilled and exemplified this type mm. of something. Um, you know, he's a typical athlete or he's a typical millennial. Yeah. Right. Now that we've never heard that before. No. Right. Um, and so this, this one that fulfills is the antitype. Right? So we've got the, the, the framework, the sketch, uh, the dim image that then is fulfilled and given life and fullness by this antitype. Um, so that's one way to look at it. Uh, Mason, you've got another way that you've been taught, which I think is also yeah. very helpful. Yeah, it's fascinating. So when you learn, when you learn theology, it just you, there's all different ways to learn it. So, so Andrew learned that way. And the way that I, it was explained to me, um, I'll use our, our little logo here. So um, we would consider these... Uh, these two figures to be a type. Okay, so this is me here. This is Andrew. We're just flipped uh, here. But uh, this is a type of us. This is an, an image of Mason and Andrew. Now, this is just an image. If you talk to that, that won't talk back. You won't really, this is just a, you know, 2D, right? This is the antitype. This is the real Mason and Andrew. This is the thisness, the substance. Mm -hmm. We're here. So even when this type goes away, we'll, when we turn off the TV later, we don't lose Mason and Andrew. This is just an image of this. Mason and Andrew are the antitype. So when we look at the scriptures, even when the type passes away, even when the type you know, goes out of the picture, we still have the antitype of Christ mm -hmm. who is and who was and who is to come. Right? So that's how I was explained. Type, just an image of it. Antitype, the thisness, the substance of that thing. Absolutely. And so um, all of this to go round about and come back to say, um, here's how this idea of, of Christology, understanding the, the scriptures through Christ, typology, these images uh, then fulfilled with a thisness, mm -hmm. as you mm -hmm. as you so, mm -hmm. um, are brought together by this bow tie model. And so we'll revisit this image of the bow tie um, and you'll see that um, the Old Testament builds these images and these pictures and these people. And it's all for the purpose of leading us to Christ, 
Christ, to Christ, Christ, who is the antitype. antitype. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Easy for me to say. Yeah, that's great. And so all these images in the Old Testament are narrowed down and receive their thisness, their essence, their fullness in Christ. Yeah. And then expanding out to the right side of that image, leading to the new creation. Yeah. The New Testament church, a reflection of, a mirror of the essence that is Christ. Um, and so um, we've got the type, the antitype in the center, who is who is Christ in this case, mm -hmm. and then the post-antitype reflecting back mm. the work and the person of Christ. Yeah. So I, I as you were saying that, I was thinking, um, you know, we, we see this a lot in normal literature when we have the word foreshadowing. Uh, this is a foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. So it's not the event or the person itself, but it's just a mere image, a mere glimpse of, and that sort of uh, runs along the lines of typology as well. That's another way some people understand that. Yeah. And so um, let's, let's go ahead and in the last part of our kind of introduction sure. this week, let's take a look at Israel as our type. It's a good start, yeah. And so um, let's let's get up in our, our airplane, 10,000 feet, mm -hmm. and we've got creation, right? God creates all things. It's very good. Uh, the world is populated, not so good. Uh, flood, mm -hmm. right? Repopulation. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've got all of a sudden this promise to Abraham. Yeah. Right? And what does God promise to Abraham? Well, he promises three things, right? Yeah. He promises um, land, so like the physical space. Um, he, he promises um, uh, a nation um, and then uh, many descendants. And, and in wrapping with that, this, this seed of the descendants. Yeah. So you'll have many descendants as, as numerous as the stars, but there will be this seed that comes from them that will redeem, that will, um, that will recreate, that will set everything right again. And yeah. so that's really the the sort of slam dunk, most important promise. There yeah. is this seed that will come from your line, Abraham, that will save the world. Absolutely. So we've got these first couple chapters of Genesis um, where we see the world get populated and we've got this large group of people. Yeah. And then in Genesis 12, we see the kind of the beginning of the promise, how this population of people is being reduced to a promise given to Abraham. Right, exactly. And further reduced to um, Jacob and his 12 sons. Jacob then receiving the name of Israel. Israel following his midnight, uh, you know, wrestling match yeah, with God. Right. right. And so, um, and then again, further narrowed down to one specific family line within these 12 sons of Israel, Judah. Yes. And uh, Mason, we meet one particular descendant of Judah in the Old Testament. Yes. A massive massively important character. And who is this one particular descendant of Judah that um, we know? He's the great king. Yes, yes, the great King David. Yes, yes I didn't know where you're going there. Yes. So you have the you have King David, who so you have the narrowing again. So we have Abraham, and then it narrows down to the line uh, to, so to Jacob and his sons, and then to the line of Judah, and then King David. And so that seed will come from the line of King David very helpful when you look at the beginning of Matthew's gospel. There's a genealogy, and that genealogy even shows you the even more narrowing down from King David right. all the way down to the baby Jesus in the manger. There we go. There's yeah. the descendant of David. There's the promised seed. Yeah. And so 
in all of this, we've got God establishing this nation of Israel. Yes. Right? And this nation of Israel is um, God's chosen people, mm-hmm. God's children, if you will. Um, you see that in this, this nation of Israel, God chooses to dwell. He dwells in a tabernacle and later in a temple. Mm-hmm. Um, that they are in the Old Testament a light to the Gentile nations, a light to the nations. Um, they yeah. lived a certain way. They did things that others didn't. They didn't do things that others did. Um, and all of these things are true of Christ. Yeah, and exactly. And so, so as exactly. we follow this bow tie, and all of Israel, all of Israel is narrowed down into one person, Jesus Christ, right? Who is um, not just the son of David, as you said, but the seed of Abraham. Yes. He is the great temple and not just the temple, but he's the priest in the temple. Yeah. And he's not just the priest in the temple. He's the sacrifice, sacrifice. in the temple. Um, Jesus is the light that has come into the world for all nations. Oh, yeah, that's right. So it's even beyond the nation yeah. of Israel, right? Yeah. Christ is, uh, he calls these 12 disciples reminiscent of the 12 tribes of Israel. And so the antitype of all of Israel is Christ himself, God's chosen person. Yeah. God's own son. Yeah. For the world. But then uh, we had mentioned earlier this post antitype. So it doesn't, it doesn't even end necessarily with Christ. No, because we need the other side of the bow tie. Yeah. And so, uh, Mason, I'll throw this back to you now. Sure. So as the bow tie narrows into Christ, and now we see Christ fulfilling all of the nation of Israel in yeah. one person, how does how do we, along with the New Testament church in the first century, along with the New Testament church uh, centuries, millennia into the future until Christ comes, yeah. how are we a post-antitype, a continuation of the people of Israel? Um, so yeah, so it's all, all held together by Christ, right? So mm-hmm. if we're on, uh, so you know, the Old Testament's on one side of of the knot, we're on the other side. Mm-hmm. The new, you know, the New Testament church is on the other side. What holds us all together is Christ. The fact that we are all part of the body of Christ. So we are um, uh, family members with Abraham through faith, right? So Abraham is saved through his faith. We are saved through our faith. Abraham, uh, there's this covenant. Uh, made with Abraham, uh, the the mark of it is uh, circumcision. Uh, we are uh, we have a new covenant through baptism, right? The circumcision of the heart. Um, so you have all of these. Uh, we in the New Testament talks about how you know our bodies are temples. Um, we are, uh, as Luther says, little Christs, right? That are the little lights that go out into the world. So we've taken all of these things and that 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 Christ is, and we are then a reflection of it. Um, so you have that other side of the bow tie there. The the what did you what do you call the post post antitype? Yeah, um, that's something I learned from Andrew before we started this, right? Um, so that is the post antitype of of Christ. That it is the church, his body. Yeah. So I hope that that is a, a clear exposition of uh, this bow tie model uh, and how the bow tie model represents how we can understand the scriptures through Christ as well as um, specifically seeing this in in a typological or through typology, a typological way. Um, And I I hope that's something that as you continue to read the scriptures on your own, heck, as you begin 
to read the scriptures on your own. Maybe you're opening the scriptures for the, one of the first times ever in your yeah. life. This is a wonderful way to see and understand the scriptures, how the New Testament and the Old Testament are intimately connected. Uh, Old Testament looking ahead, New Testament hearkening back. Uh, uh, Chad Bird always says that the, the New Testament is the inspired commentary on the Old Testament. Yeah, right. And uh, right. the the books of of prophecy and wisdom literature are all inspired commentary of the Torah itself, the the, the first five books of the scriptures. And yeah. so they're all connected and not just what, but who is it that connects them? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Yeah. And so as you go about your week, um, as we continue to look uh, at more examples, deeper examples, similar like we did with Israel, um, we hope to illuminate for you together how how these images in the Old Testament are intentional. Yeah. And they're sketches of, of Christ who is the fulfillment of all of this and how we as New Testament Christians are given the great joy and great responsibility to reflect that nature of Christ, that essence of Christ in the world today. Uh, feel free to reach out with any questions you have. If you'd like clarification or um, just anything else that that you'd like to know after hearing this that maybe wasn't quite clear, we'd be glad to revisit those as we move through this this summer. And yeah. um, until next episode, until next week, um, we pray that God blesses your uh, reading of the scriptures, your meditating of the scriptures, your praying of the scriptures, that you would see him in every nook and every cranny, every word and every letter. Um, so until next time, have a great week and we'll see you then. See you all. Please be recorded, please be recorded, please be recorded. Oh my gosh, if this again? cut it off again.